here, receive my brother, Brother Nuri Muhammad, representative of the Honorable Mr. Farrakhan. Assalamu alaikum. Please be seated, please be seated. We are thankful to Allah that we are having some good problems right now. We have no more parking spots, no more chairs, and no more space, not even in the hallways of the building. So we, uh, we are not turning people away, though. But there are several, several dozen people that are outside that we may have to turn away, and we're not going to do that. So whatever it takes to fit them in the building, we sticking them in everybody's office, kitchen. You got, on, you got on the coat, we putting them in your pocket. Whatever it takes, we gonna get them in here today. All praise I do to Allah. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah who intervened in our affairs in the form of a well-made man named Master Fahd Muhammad. We forever thank him for coming among us and raising up in our midst. His messenger, Messiah, the baddest black man that ever walked the earth other than God himself. I just got chills when I said that. I don't know about you, but there are certain things that you can say that mean so much to you that it sends electrical charge through your body. When you talk about someone you really love or you really respect or has done something for you, it almost like it becomes like spiritual jumper cables charges you with juice. Well, when I think about Elijah Muhammad, when I think about the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, when I think about what the message to the black man and our Savior has arrived and how to eat to live and, 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 and the fall of America has done for me and you. When I think about the product of Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X and Imam Wolf Dean, and when I think about the best of all products, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, it brings chills to my body to think about the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. What about you? We thank Allah for these two hands, two minds, two hearts, and two spirits coming together to form in our midst a man that is the most beautiful and most dutiful human being on this planet right now. He's a man that I, well, he taught me everything that I know. And he's the example of the man that I hope to one day become. I'm talking about the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. It is in their holy and righteous names, my sisters, my brothers, that I greet you in the greeting words of peace of Islam Alaikum. Before I began, I want to let you know that we had an opportunity to do a little sunbathing yesterday with the Son of Man. No, we wasn't at that pool sitting in a lawn chair. Spiritual sunbathing with a man that is the light of the world. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and I want to give you a report. He's in good health. He's in good spirit. And inshallah, in a few weeks, he's going to be right here in this building to come and speak to the believers here of Muhammad Mosque number 32 of Phoenix, Arizona. All praises I do to Allah. All praises I do to Allah. So I'd like to extend the greetings from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan of Assalamu Alaikum. We will do just that and for Anybody looking around at us like it was something wrong with us for what we just did. 
No, it ain't nothing wrong with us for doing what we did, but it is something wrong with you if you had a problem with it. Because last I checked, right here in Phoenix, Arizona, when that no good ham sandwich eating judge walks out, or one of these corrupt congressmen, or one of these surreptitious snake-defied senators, hell, even when the president of the school board walks out, don't they have a little guy in the corner in a uniform called a bailiff? Don't he say, all rise? And then they got the nerve to say the honorable judge so-and-so, well, far kind of more honorable than any judge in Arizona. And he's more worthy to be stood for by us after all he's been standing for us for 68 years. So the least we can do is stand and return that greeting back to that beautiful man. We are so happy and excited and I want to ask if you would, let's give our brother student minister, Brother Halim, a round of applause. Not for just today, but what he's been doing here these last few months. Let's give a round of applause to the laboring staff, to the lieutenants, to the squad leaders, to those that assist in the resurrection of the dead. And let's give a special round of applause to those frontline soldiers that are here on the Wednesdays and the Fridays and the Saturdays and the Monday. I'm talking about those soldiers that aren't weekend warriors. I'm talking about those soldiers that are not event musters. I'm talking about those that are on the front line whenever everybody's not. I'm talking about those that come when there is not a special guest present. Let's give it up to those frontline soldiers. It is these men and women that keep the flag of freedom, justice, and equality raised high. Well, oh, time is slipping. But we, with the help of Allah, you, you don't really need a whole lot of time with the teachings. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad said that you don't have to do a lot of teaching or explaining when it comes to the truth. He said that all it takes is the right word given to a person for eight minutes and 20 seconds. And the same way a ray of light can travel from that ball of fire that's 853,000 miles in diameter burning at 14,072 degrees with 10 to 20,000 mile high flames coming off of its surface, the same way one ray of light can travel 93 million miles to strike the Earth's equator in, in 8 minutes and 20 seconds because it's moving at 186,000 miles per second, so can the truth strike the equator of a black man and woman's mind and begin producing revolution inside of us. The same way that one drop of blood goes from the crown of the head to the sole of the feet and back to the crown of the head in 8 minutes and 20 seconds. Give the black man and woman the right word. And you don't need an hour and a half. You don't need a five-hour lecture. 8 minutes and 20 seconds of the truth will produce a revolution. And the next thing you know, we'll leave traveling at 1,037 and one-third miles per hour. Oh, that's a lot faster than we've been gone. What y'all think? So my assignment today is to unpack a subject titled Do for Self, From Begging to Building. This phrase, statement, or instruction came from God through the most honorable Elijah Muhammad over 90 years ago. He, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, said to us as a people that we have to stop 
sitting at the gate of the white of the, of the rich man, like Lazarus, begging for crumbs that fall from the white man's table. We have to get up and do something for self. He then said that we will either do for self or we will suffer the consequences. Well, he said it over 90 years ago and we are, have yet to do for self, so we are suffering the consequences. Is this the truth? This concept of do for self is abstract to the way we were taught and trained in traditional church and religion. All of our lives, when it came to making things happen, we were always told, you just got to let go. Y'all, come on, help me out now, and let God. Is that right? And even whenever things began to, to not work out, we, we would just, instead of trying to renegotiate our contract with life or come up with a better plan, strategize, modify, and operate different, we, we, we would just say, well, I, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait on my change to come. And then when we were growing up and we would be talking to our mothers and our fathers and we would be asking, Mom, Dad, why don't we have, what can we can't do? And we would say, look, we would, look boy, you just got to have faith. You just got to believe. And the child wanted to have faith and wanted to have belief, but, but, but we forgot that James said, the Apostle James said, faith without works is dead. He said, you show me a man with faith. And I'll show you a man with faith through their works. Prophet Muhammad said the same thing, just a little bit different. He said, mere belief accounts for nothing except that it is carried in the practice. It seems like that there has been an impediment for many generations of people that said they believed in God and loved God, worshiped God, but never wanted to actually become the God they believed in. That is the difference between the nation of Islam and every other religious movement on the planet. See, the goal of a soldier in the FOI and the MGT class is not belief in God. The goal of a Muslim is to become the God you believe in. I only got seven people that agree with me on that. That's all right. That's all right. The fact that during the time of Jesus, they had to be reminded, wait a minute, faith without works is dead, means that during the time of Jesus, people were hoping and wishing but didn't want to work. The fact that, that 600 years after Jesus left, Muhammad comes up on the Arabian Peninsula and he has to keep reminding those that are believers, look, look, mere belief accounts for nothing except that it's carried in a practice. Shows that they wanted to believe it, but they didn't want to make things happen. Then here we come up to the modern times and the most honorable Elijah Muhammad's God's man of this moment has to say to us, do for self. Or suffer the consequences. See, even in psychology, affirmation without discipline is the beginning of delusionment. But affirmation with discipline allows man to work their own miracles. 
Y'all still all right? It is even written in the gospel of Big Mama. What? Now, Big Mama got a gospel. It's some of the stuff Big Mama said is just as true as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Birds of a feather? See, that ain't the Bible. That's Big Mama that said that. You lie down with dogs, you're going to get up with? Oh, that didn't come from the Quran. That's Big Mama that taught that. A family that prays together? That's not from Leviticus. Big Mama said that. She seen you as a young brother, and, and, and you, you looked like you was messing with a bunch of little fast girls. And she said, let me tell you something, little boy. A woman will either make you or That's not the scripture. Big Mama said that, but she knew what she was talking about. If you was a young girl, she seen that you was a little fast. And you was, you was a little too easy. Big Mama will pull you to the side and say, let me say you something. Why would he buy the cow? Uh, so y'all, it's some big mamas in Phoenix too, huh? <laughs> big mama said, God helps those who? Yeah. Big mama knew what she was talking about. In fact, God helps those who help themselves was said so much by big mama, we thought it was in the Bible. It is, it's just encoded language. In the Holy Quran, Listen to these words. Man shall have nothing but what he strives for. Not what he prays for. Not what he or she hopes for. Not what someone wishes for. But the mathematical formula to get what you want, according to God, is we have to engage in this activity called striving. Now, striving is a compound word. It's a mixture of the word struggle and try at the same time. Many of us try, but we are unwilling to keep trying when struggle shows up. So striving is different than trying. Trying means I'm making attempt. But as soon as it gets a little challenging, gets a little hard, struggle shows up, I back out or punk out on what I set out to do. But whenever you are striving, you try, and as soon as the challenge shows up, as soon as the struggle shows up, you don't cut and run and turn your back or punk out on your hopes, dreams, or aspirations. You meet and overcome all obstacles in your path. That's the way strivers do. All praise is due to Allah. Then in the Holy Quran, there's a verse found in Surah 13, verse 11. That says, Allah changes not the condition of the people. Until the people change their own condition. Wait, wait a minute. If God does not change the condition of a people until they change their own condition, we, 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 we got it upside down, down inside out. It's bass awkward. Y'all didn't catch that. Y'all didn't catch that. Y'all didn't. We sitting around waiting on God. But if God says he's not going to change the condition of the people himself, he wants us to change it, then God really is waiting on us. 
just in Phoenix, Arizona, but in every hood in, the, in America, as soon as somebody gets killed, one of them prayer vans show up. Do they do that here too? Come to the scene, light the candles, get the t-shirts. And I said, all my life, every time somebody dies in the hood, there's always a prayer vigil and reverend comes out there and says a prayer. All my life, they've been doing prayer vigils, but all my life, we've still been dying in the hood. So I started asking questions to myself. I said, maybe he's praying to the wrong God. Maybe the prayers aren't working. Or maybe he's saying the wrong thing when he does pray. So I don't know about you, but it hurts my heart to see our people being gunned down in the streets by what you would call in any war friendly fire. See, friendly fire is whenever someone that is of a group, community, or nationality is hurting or harming or killing one of their own. Every three years in America, two to three thousand black males are killed by police officers or correctional officers. That's bad. But in that same three year window of time, 25,000 black males are killed by other black males. So we can't have a Black Lives Matter sign outside the White House and forget to show up at the Trump House with the same sign. We can't. Strike boycotting, get mad when the police kill us and not be madder when we kill ourselves with friendly fire. So there has to be the renegotiation of the way we think because we've gotten so used to black people killing each other that it don't even hurt no more. And we will never get out of this condition as a people until we graduate from having sympathy for one another into having empathy for one another. Sympathy means that I don't like that something bad happens to you. But empathy means when something bad happens to you, I feel it like it happened to me. And when we get to a point, all praise is due to Allah. When we get to a point that whenever someone else's son is killed, I feel it like it was my own. When someone else's daughter is raped, I feel it like it was my own. Then we won't have a few people trying to go to the court and appeal to the prosecutor to press some charges and please arrest somebody and give them some time in jail. At that point, we'll become our own law enforcement officers. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what y'all think. Y'all came to this ain't church. You violate one of ours, we coming to see you. Hell no, we ain't calling no damn 911. The only thing you gonna hear is a law who act And when we show up, we're not coming to, to investigate, we're coming to demonstrate. You say what? Well, ain't that what white people always say as soon as something goes on? Police kill one of ours or wait. Let, let be calm. Be calm. This is not a time to take justice into your own hands. But in the book of Revelations, 
There's four horses of the apocalypse. And one of the horses is a black horse. And on the black horse, the rider has scales in his hand. Scales are the symbol of justice. So there's a pale horse whose rider is death. And hell follows closely thereby everywhere the pale house goes. Tell me that ain't been the white man. Everywhere the white man goes, he brings death and hell follows him. In 1959, they had a Van Dung conference where they brought all African and Asian nations together in one room. And as each nation began taking the podium, to express the origin of the conflict and problems of their nation. Every single nation took the witness stand and said that we were doing fine until the Portuguese showed up. In Guyana, they say we were doing fine until the French showed up. In Nigeria, they say we were doing fine until the Englishmen showed up. We were doing fine until the Germans showed up. And then they began computing. They said, wait a minute, every Asian and African nation was fine before the French or the Englishmen or the Germans or the Irish or the Western Americans showed up. What's in common? All of them are white people. I only got three. Okay, only four. That's all right. All right. So when the most honorable Elijah Muhammad Gave us student enrollment. Yes, sir. Yes. Number one, who is? Who is the who? A first man. And the original man is the? Oh, oh, time out. Asiatic don't mean slant eyes. Asiatic don't mean Vietnamese, Korean. Asiatic, the whole earth used to be called Asia. So if you're the Asiatic black man, you are the original first person to every part of the planet. But you are the maker. The renter. Don't even sound right, does it? Maker, the renter. So if you're the maker and the See, part of doing for self is you've got to have ownership. You have to own your own business. Own your own home. He's the cream of the planet Earth. God of the universe. Potentially. Come on, now you got to put the work in. See, before you can be the God of the universe, you've got to be the God of a planet. And before you can be the God of a planet, you've got to be the God of a continent. Before you can be the God of a continent, you've got to be the God of a country. Before you can be the God of a country, you've got to be the God of a state. God of a city. You've got to be the God of your own hood. God of your own house. God of your own self. So God of the universe, all praise is due to Allah, starts off when you know how to regulate your affairs in accordance to the will of God and bring freedom, justice, equality, harmony, and balance with inside the institution of self. 
And then gradually you began to take it to the next level until one day you can say, I am the God of the universe. But it starts with self-mastery. But then he gave us a second student enrollment. This pale horse rider is deaf. Hell follows closely thereby. He asked the question, who is the colored man? Now, you know, all our life we thought black people were colored. Is that right? In the history class, whenever they said colored water fountain, colored only section, colored only seats, that was supposed to be the spot in the restaurant, hotel, or the train station where black people had to go. That was the broke down raggedy water fountain we had to drink from. But the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did not say the black man was colored. He said we were original. And the colored man was the Caucasian white man. Or Yaqub's grafted devil. The skunk of the planet Earth. That's the real colored man. Oh, y'all, okay, let me see. Go to the grocery store and go ask them for boned chicken. It's chicken without bones. Go ask the man in the deli for some boned fish. It's fish without bones. So when you put the suffix ed, it means without whatever the base word is. So if you got boned chicken and boned fish and it's fish or chicken without bones, when you got a colored man, that's a man without color. And we got plenty of colors. Is that right? He called him the skunk of the planet Earth. Why? Because a skunk leaves a stench everywhere they go. And once the skunk stench gets on you, you can't get rid of it with regular washing. You got to bury it or you got to burn it. Is that the truth? But notice a skunk is also really an all-black animal with one stripe, white stripe going down the middle, dividing up one black side against the other black side. Tell me that ain't how white people have operated. So, the pale horse is them. Well, who's the black horse then? It's us. And if the scale was in the rider of the black horse's hands, it's time for us to take justice into our own hands. Do for self. Or we're going to continue to suffer the consequences. Y'all still all right? In the Holy Quran, in Surah 1311, it says, God changes not the condition of a people unless the people change what? Now, in the Nuruddin translation, it, it says the same thing, but listen to these words. And Allah changes not the condition of the people until the people change their own thoughts and ways. So now we got the formula on the areas we need to work in to bring about real change. It starts with the mind. Is that right? Yes, the wisest man of the Old Testament, Solomon, in the book of Proverbs, he writes, As a man driveth, so is he. You don't say that? As a man weareth. Don't say that? 
as a man hath in his pocket. As a man what? So more important than the money in our pocket, more important than the car we drive or the house we live in or the clothes we wear is what's going on inside the mind. Really, really, as a man thinketh in, in his heart, so is he. Our life really is our mind turned inside out. My people are destroyed from a lack of? Well, if we are destroyed from a lack of knowledge, the opposite extreme would be that we can be rebuilt by the acquisition of knowledge. See, every thought becomes a word. Every word becomes an action. Actions become habits. Habits form character, and character is what produces a future. So whatever you want to see in the future, you have to start thinking about it now. Does that make sense? Do for self. Or we'll suffer the consequences. But we can't just stop with thinking. We have to change our ways. Because mere belief accounts for nothing except it's what? Faith without works is? Affirmation without discipline is the beginning of delusionment. Affirmation with discipline allows man to work their own miracles. We cannot just be ye hearers of the word, but be ye also what? Doers. See, our problem is, 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 is we don't have a problem knowing what to do. Our problem is that we don't do what we know. We've got it all in our mind. We just haven't been able to execute. Do for self. Now, when Jesus was teaching the people running into the same problem, they were sitting around hoping to die and float away somewhere to get their heaven. But Jesus kept on checking them. No, stop looking up. The kingdom of God is within you. He would catch the disciples saying prayers, and they would have their hands closed, looking in the outer space, and he would tap them and say, no, no. The kingdom of God is within you. Well, if the kingdom is where God lives, and the kingdom of God is within you, look at the word kingdom. It's two words, king and dome. Dome is the round part that exists at the top of any structure. Well, what's the dome of a human being? It's the head. Okay, you say you don't believe in Okay, what about this? What do they call this area of the, of the head? What do they call these? The temples? But we think that that's where God's at in the temple. He is. In these temples. God works, God rests, God abides, God lives, God operates from the mind of man. This is why in Islam we cannot be spooky. So, so most people when they pray, they get on their knees, put their hands together, and close their eyes. This is a slave way of praying. There were three things made illegal on the plantation of black people. One, it was illegal for us to marry one another. Y'all didn't know that? Oh, yesterday it was against the law for a black man to marry a black woman. Now today you need to make a law to get him to do it. <laughs> Sisters. 
Y'all should have clapped for that. Now, hold on. See, you clap for that a little more aggressive. Because if you say that, you might have problems. But I'm saying it. So, so all you got to say is, that's right. Go ahead. Amen. Say that. Teach on that. Go ahead, black man. Clap. And now look. See, and then you have, you have access to what's called the ricochet effect. See, the black man gonna hear one time from my mouth to his mind, and then when you say, that's right, go ahead, clap your hands, then it doubles the absorption capacity of that black man's subconscious mind. I don't need it. I'm, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to talk. I'm talking to the sisters. <laughs> ear hustle. Oh, the ear hustle. So, so if you say, that's right, go ahead, it doubles the absorption capacity. You don't have to take no credit for the statement, but it's... Make it, y'all understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Y'all yes, wanna try it again? Yes, sir. Uh, cameraman. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> See, yesterday on the plantation, it was against the law for a black man to marry a black woman. But today, you gotta make a law to get him to do it. And let me tell you something, sisters. Don't you let that man trick you and talk about it's just paperwork. Mighty funny, he put in paperwork to get that driver's license. Paperwork to get that car loan. Paperwork to get that gun permit. Huh? Paperwork to get that job. Well, black woman, you are more valuable than a car. More valuable than a weapon. More valuable than a job. You are the second self of God. So if he's doing it for that, he should do more than that for you. All praises be to Allah. This is why. Sisters, we want to invite you to the MGT class. See, because once you began to hear what God thinks about you, then you began to appraise your value better. When you really know your value, black woman, you come off that clearance rack. And get back behind the glass where the real valuable stuff is at. You know that clearance rack stuff is picked over. Medium hanger. Extra large top, upside down. Dust from the floor all on the sleeve. But I went to the jewelry store one day with my wife. She was getting her uh, wedding ring clean. And for the record, it don't take but about two minutes for that little machine to clean the ring. But they always got you in there for about 20 minutes. Because they want you to look around, don't they? So while they was cleaning the ring, we're looking around and we see some nice pieces and we see some pieces that was decent. All the costume jewelry was available to just pull off the rack and look at them as often as you wanted to, five or ten at a time. But there were certain stones that were inside the glass and there was a brass plate that had these words on it. We're only allowed to show you one at a time due to the value of these. 
So when I say, when you really know your value, black woman, you'll come off that clearance rack and get back behind the glass. See, if you're behind the glass, then he's only looking at you and you alone. Not you and five or six other people. Okay, all right. All right, hold on. Sisters. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad said a nation can rise no higher than this woman. He said that when you teach a man, you teach an individual. But when you teach a woman, you teach a nation. He said there's no such thing as a no good woman. Any no good woman was made that way by a no good man. He said that you are not the second self of man, you are the second self of God. He said that mother is the first nurse, the first doctor, and the first teacher. Mama is God in baby language. That's your value, black woman. And when you take that personal, see, you feel too good, too dignified to be somebody's side piece, too dignified to be that other woman. You know the word other, other woman, other is an acronym. Y'all know what an acronym is, right? The brother, why ain't y'all clapping? You see that? Truth is the truth. It ain't gender specific. Other woman, other is, you know what an acronym is, right? It's when you have a word, but every letter in the word represents another word. Like CIA is acronym. It stands for the Cocaine Import Agency. Huh? FBI, find the black man to incarcerate. Media, most effective devil in America. NAACP, Negroes always asking Caucasians permission. I mean, that's what it has been now, I'm just saying. It shouldn't be like that, but that's what it has been. See, 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 when you don't know your value, you accept the position of being the other woman. O-T-H-E-R, overused toy, he'll eventually release. Security. Y'all all right, sisters? Yes, sir. We, we, we still on good terms? Yes, sir. Brothers, we good? Yes, all right, okay, all right. All right, what was I saying? So, to sum this up, did you know that we were born to be rich? Now, there's a verse in the Bible that Reverend believes in for himself, but he don't like teaching it to the congregation. Ecclesiastes 10.19 says that a feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh one merry, but money answereth all things. Did y'all hear me? Yes, sir. See, now, now don't get me wrong. Money is not everything. But it is right up there with oxygen. You say, but I was always taught that, that money was the root of all evil. Yeah, but that's not the way the verse reads. It 
says the love of money is the root of all evil. See, when you look at the word love, the minister teaches us that the word love and live are the same word. The only difference is the vowels. You can take the O out of love and put it where the I is and live and live will become love. And you can take the I and live and put it where the O is in love and love will become live. Whenever you love something, you live for it. So what makes the love of money the root of all evil is whenever you're living for it. Be careful when you meet somebody that says that they are willing to do anything for money because they'll hurt anybody to get it, including you. No, it's when you serve. You understand what I'm saying? Money's a good servant, but it's a horrible master. You're supposed to let it serve you, not you serve it. Did you know that it's always been propagated that you can't be rich and right? Have you noticed that? It seems like that anytime someone's promoting morals and righteousness, that means you're supposed to be broke. Is that the truth? But Jesus told his disciples, he said, look, if anyone is going to be my disciples, three things that he must, number one, you must deny yourself. You have to be sacrificial. Then look, he said, number two, you must pick up your cross and follow me. That's the problem right now in the world. Jesus has too many fans and not enough followers. A fan is somebody that sits in the bleachers and cheers on the team. We got too many people that sing about Jesus, clap and praise his name. But how many people are willing to follow the man? And in art, the number one image for following is called the footprints in the sand. And you know when you got footprints in the sand on the beach, there's a limited window of time that you have to put your foot where those footsteps are because wind and water will make them go away. So if you are now to be followers of Jesus, we're supposed to look at where he put his foot and put our foot where he put his foot that we can be just like him. Okay, only five people agree with that. All right. Oh, man. Didn't Jesus say, I've gone forth to prepare a place for you that where I am, ye may also be? He wasn't talking about living on cloud nine somewhere in outer space. Matter of fact, why do they even call it space if people is up there living? When we were on our way to the mosque, we seen businesses that said space for rent. Space for lease. Looked in there, it was empty. Nobody's in there. Space is a geographical location, unoccupied and uninhabited. Well, why do you think he's out in outer space? Then they say Jesus went and he left on the cloud. Help me out now. Is that what it says? And he shall return in like manner? Well, on the Nassau website, we looked up the, the speed of clouds. Lower clouds go 6 to 10 miles per hour. Higher clouds go 60 to 100 miles per hour. The average speed of a cloud is 60 miles per hour. 
Well, if Jesus is in heaven and heaven is beyond this solar system and Pluto is 4 billion, 600 million miles from the sun, that, that would mean that, that in order for heaven to be outside of this solar system, it has to be a little past Pluto. Y'all see where I'm going with this? If the average speed of a cloud is 60 miles per hour, it would take Jesus 8,569 years to get to heaven. What year is this? 2023 after death of Jesus. So technically he's only been traveling for 2023 years. Hell, he ain't made to Mars yet. Much less the heaven we thought he was going to. No, he's not talking about a level in the sky. He's talking about a level of thinking, a level of understanding, a mental level that gives you power to do what he's doing. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. So, so, the chief attribute of Allah God in the Holy Quran is Rab. R A A B. Rab means Lord, Creator, Nurturer. Sustainer and the evolver of a thing stage by stage until it reaches perfection. Well, how can we be perfect and broke? Perfect and depressed. Perfect with poor self-worth. Perfect with low self-esteem. If the goal is for everything that God created to reach the level of perfection and we are the best of his creation, what is his goal for us? So when Jesus said that you're going to have to pick up your cross and follow me, most people just went and picked up a cross from a little jewelry store and slapped it around their neck. That's not how you honor Jesus. Think about that for a second. If the cross was the symbol or the, or the weapon used to kill the man you love, why are you running around with a gold version of it on your neck? Come on, now do the math. Someone shot somebody you love with a, with a, with a desert eagle. You don't go to gold plate a desert eagle in memory of them. Someone dies in a plane crash. You don't get a gold plane to, in memory of the one that died in the plane. If you love your ancestors and they were hung by the tree on a noose, you don't get a gold plate a noose to show how much you love your ancestors. Something wrong with the way we think. When he said pick up your cross, see a cross is a vertical line and a horizontal line. But the vertical line is longer than the horizontal. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that everything that is in the material world exists on the horizontal. But everything that is mental and spiritual exists on the vertical. So if Jesus is saying pick up your cross and Follow me. He said, I want you to pick up spiritual development, yeah. mental development. Yeah. But I also want you to pick up some material and economic development as well. But what you have to do, since the vertical is longer than the horizontal in a cross, you got to make sure you got more morals than you got money. You, you got more Christ in you than you got cash in your pocket. You got more belief than you got bread. You have more character than you got chips or chatter. You love Allah more than you love Dalla. 
And whenever you got more money or more morals than money, more character than chips, more belief than bread, more faith than finance, and you love Allah above the dollar, then you are literally now a follower of Jesus, moral and wealthy. So the most honorable Elijah Muhammad told us, do for self or suffer the consequences. Look at this. In, in, in problem number 13 of our supreme wisdom lessons, the question is raised or the statement is made. I know I got it in here somewhere. Y'all all right? And for the record, black people do have plenty of money. We got dollars, we just need some cents. What? Do you know we brought in $1.3 trillion the last two years? Out of 226 nations on earth, if we were an independent nation, we would be the eighth richest nation on earth. Black people in America brought in $700 billion more than Mexico, $500 billion more than Spain. Yet in Spain, they got 47 million people like we do, but they're managing a 208,000 square mile land mass with their own system of government, schools, hospitals, everything a nation needs. With less money than we have, how can you have more than they have, same amount of people, and we barely have businesses in the, in the, in the, in the neighborhood? It's because we are the leaders in unnecessary spending. What is unnecessary spending? It's buying what you don't need with money that you don't have from people that you don't like to impress people that you don't even know. That's unnecessary spending. Okay, all right, let me show you something. I accidentally seen this. According to the Business Journal of the University of Pennsylvania last year, they said black people spent $2 billion on Jordans. $4 billion on alcohol, $600 million on fast food, and two times the amount of money on Mercedes-Benz than white people, yet we only have one-tenth of the wealth of white people. So if we got 10% of the money, why are we spending double on luxury? They said that the average black household only earns 10% of what the white households earn. But we spend 30% more on what's called conspicuous consumption. You say, what is conspicuous consumption? It is buying things that are considered visibility goods. CC, GG. You know, black people, we don't even feel like we somebody unless we got on some Uchis or some Eries or some Achis, some Enies. Got to have some white man's label on us to really think we are something. Yeah, we put Tommy on the hill and he still couldn't figure it out. We buy more clothes than they buy. We buy more cars than white people buy. According to them, we buy much more jewelry than white people do. Yet, we only have 10% of the wealth that they possess. It's because when you don't have enough on the inside, 
You don't feel like you're somebody unless you got your outside dressed up. But the more you have on the inside, the less you need on the outside to make you into something. All praise is due to Allah. Now, hold on, hold on. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have nice stuff. YOLO is biblical. YOLO is Quranic. You only live once. So don't be waiting to die and get you some pie in the sky. Got to work hard to secure some sound on the ground while you're still around. <laughs> Heaven, he, look, look, the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in there. We're supposed to be looking for heaven on earth. Right. Not after we're dead, but right now. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. And then in another verse, he said the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. The phrase at hand is an idiom that means here and now. So in this problem book, problem number 13, Allah says to the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, I know it's in here. All right, I, I feel it coming. I feel it coming. Oh, Lord, no, it's not. Where is it at? Okay, we're we, 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 we going to find it. With modern equipment, sometimes it messes you up. All right. Okay, here we go, here we go. I think this is it. All right. After learning mathematics, which is Islam. Whoa. Most people think religion is some ethereal, spooked out process. But... Allah is saying that after learning mathematics, which is Islam, and Islam is mathematics. It stands true. See, God's mathematics is always addition and multiplication, and the devil's mathematics is always subtraction and division. That's how you know who you're dealing with whenever you come in contact with somebody. Ask, are they adding to? Are they multiplying or are they taking away from and causing division? And anytime you're around someone causing division and making you less than yourself, that's devil, the devil's representative. We, we, have to, we have to stop adding things to our life that subtract from ourselves. Be fruitful, multiply, that's God talking. But look at the devil. Satan desires to sift you as wheat, Peter. Sift means to divide. Divide and conquer is the oldest trick of the enemy. So mathematics is Islam. Islam is mathematics. It can be proved in no limit of time. Listen to this. After learning mathematics, which is Islam, y'all got that? Then you must learn to use it. So there's two learnings. One, you got to learn the truth. First thing you got to do is know what to do. But after you know what to do, now you got to do what you know. So there's a learning of Islam that's mathematics, and then there has to be another learning on how to use your mathematical theology. In the proper terms, look, to secure some benefit while you are living. And then the description is luxury. 
You know what luxury is, right? The best. Money. Good homes. I don't know about you, but if God came and gave us the old town of promise that he gave back in the day, it wouldn't be very attractive. During the time of Prophet Muhammad, 1,400 years ago, peace be upon him, he kept on promising them their heaven on earth. He said his gardens were in rivers flow. Oh, that means a lot when you live in a desert. Don't you think? A garden where in rivers flow? That means if a river is flowing by my garden, I don't even have to go out and do a whole lot of water and wait on the rain. It's got a built-in water supply underneath the earth, soak it into the soil at the root level, making my stuff grow. So God always has offered people the positive opposite extreme of the condition that they live in as a reward for serving him. So if you're in the desert, the positive opposite extreme of living in a de desert is a garden where in rivers flow. But what about black people in America? We live in poverty. We live in want. We live without the necessities of life. So the positive opposite extreme of the hell we live in is some luxury. It's money. It's not just a good house. It says a good home. And a house is not a home. What? There's a difference. One of the great poets of our time by the name of Luther. Vandross. Y'all know about Luther? A chair is still a chair. Even when there's no one sitting there. A room is still a room, but a house is not. See, a house is the physical structure. But the home is the spiritual structure that governs the physical structure. There's plenty of people that have good houses, but don't necessarily have a good home. You can live in a mansion and still be in hell. So you can have a house that doesn't look like much, but inside of it, there's a good home. And you could have a house that looks like a lot, but inside of it is a bad hell. Good home is an environment with inside of a space that is full of love and friendship and laughter and communication and warmth and righteousness and decency, care, consideration, and compassion. A good home. And the last one is friendship. Not friendships. Friendship. Most time we always say friendships, but that's plural. And since we think in friendships, we think we got to have somebody in every category. I got to have a hookup at the auto dealer. I got to have a hookup in real estate. I got to have me another part, another hookup to get me in the theater. I got to have somebody at the bank. But it didn't say friendships. It said friendship, singular in all walks of life. Well, who? can intervene in all walks of life that you would want to be that one and only friend. It's God himself. So you don't have to worry about making a connection with a whole bunch of different people in different areas. Make the God your connection. And he will move things on your behalf wherever you go. That's a promise of the one that uses their mathematical theology in the proper terms. Are y'all ready for this? Yes, sir. Sit yourself in heaven at once. Yes. 
At once means right now. Not wait on the minister to put you in heaven. Not wait on Jesus to come put you in heaven. Not wait on Muhammad to come down off the wheel to put you in heaven. Sit your So it's nobody's job to put us where we are supposed to be. It's our assignment. We have to put ourselves in heaven at once. Do for self. Or suffer the consequences. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad on page 58 of How to Eat to Live, book one says, remember, life is what we make it. Did y'all hear that? Listen to the words of the minister and how to give birth to God. He said, you build your own world. You can make it a heaven or you can make it a hell. I'm submitting to you and our brothers and sisters that we are the chosen people of God. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said this, when God chooses you, he asks you a question. Do you want to be me? If you are chosen by God, you're chosen to become him. Not believe in him. See, the valuable final product of religion is not to be a believer, a worshiper, or a follower. The word religion, prefix re, means to do again. Religion means in Greek, get to God. So religion is supposed to be a spiritual system that gets you back to God. Well, if it's going to get you back to God, that, that presupposes that there was a time we were with God. So if there was a time we were with God, then we were one with God. We were a God. So religion is not supposed to make you a believer, worshiper, or a follower. It's supposed to get you back into oneness with God himself. You're supposed to come out of the process of God. All praise is due to Allah. All praise is due to Allah. You say, well, how will I, how will I, Build this God up within me because I know he's there, but uh, I'm God of the universe in potential, but I need to become God of myself. There is no mystery God. Sit yourself in heaven at what? At once. We can do it. And, 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 and before we went to Sunday school and, and got programmed by... Bishop Hogmaw and Deacon Liverleg and Pastor Porkchop. Y'all know what I'm talking about. See, we didn't need no religious state to know that heaven and hell were not places but conditions of life. States of mind and states of being, so teaches the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. We've been knowing that by common sense. You don't have no air conditioning in the summertime in Phoenix? You're hot as hell. Last night it was 30 degrees here. You ain't had no heat. You was cold as hell last night. You ain't died. You ain't changed locations. You just environment changed. Is that right? See somebody all disfigured, all messed up, man, he ugly as hell. You reach in your pocket, you don't have no money, what? You broke as hell. And if you think you're going to die and float away one day, you crazy as hell. Heaven and hell so teaches the most honorable Elijah Muhammad are states of mind, states of being, they're conditions of life. You can be in hell 
of North America and be in heaven in your life. Okay, I only got seven or eight people that agree with that. Uh, okay. I'm going to poll the Muslims. Did the most honorable Elijah, what did he say? The hereafter for my followers is? He didn't say now after the wheel drops bombs. Now after the white man's power is broken. Now after everything is established right. He said the hereafter for my followers is what? That means we can be live in heaven even or around us is hell. When a baby is born, you're in an emotional heaven. When someone you love dies, you're in an emotional hell. If you can't read or write, you're in a mental hell. But when you've got knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, you're in a mental heaven. Is that right? If you can't provide food, clothing, and shelter for your children, you're in a financial hell. But if anything you see, you can say be. And it is, you're in a financial heaven. Is this the truth? You don't have to die and go anywhere to get that. You get it because you make a condition of life. We can have heaven right here on earth. But we got to do for self. Do for self was an economic formula that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad laid out that must be applied perfectly in this time period. Otherwise, we will continue to be beggars outside the gate and the table of the rich man. Isn't this something that when you look at this fella that was outside this, this gate and waiting for crumbs that fell from the rich man's table, his name is Lazarus. If you break that down, it's lazy or us. <laughs> See, what makes us not have is not because we can't get, it's because we're not working hard. We are weak financially because our work is weak. If we worked harder and smarter, we could do better. A brother told me the other day, he said, I asked him, how has he been doing? He said, man, I've been blessed and highly favored. And I don't know about how it is here, but everywhere we go, when somebody says they're blessed and highly favored, they're always talking about some kind of economic security. But sometimes a blessing is not what you receive, it's what you don't receive. See, what, what, if, what if you were supposed to get AIDS and you didn't get it? What if cancer was coming but you didn't get it? What if the thought that told you to go back and turn around and go get your scarf even though you left it at home and it wasn't that important but some said go back and get it anyway. What if you going back took you off of your course by four minutes and caused you to avoid a death-defined accident? Sometimes a blessing is not what you receive, it's what you don't receive. But when he said blessed and highly favored, almost every time black people are talking about a white man's job. And I said, my brother, what do you mean when you say blessed and highly favored? He said, man, I've been blessed, man, I got a good job. I said, where you work at? He said, I work at Chrysler. I said, Chrysler. I said, don't they call it the plant? He said, yeah. I said, at Ford, they call it the plant too? He said, yeah. Man, so, so, so Ford plant and Chrysler plant, Chevy plant, General Motors plant. I said plant is an abbreviation for plantation. I said, no, sir, brother, don't, don't call a white man job a good job. The only good job you have is the one you made for yourself. 
Does that make sense? The most popular prayer among us as a people. Okay, Brother Halim, it's almost noon. I tried, I tried, I tried. I got three minutes. Oh, God. Well, what happened was. It'll take me three minutes to explain it, so I'm going to leave it alone. But. You cannot pass down a job to your children. But you can pass on a business to your children. Is that right? We've been praying the most popular prayer, which is called the Lord's Prayer, all of our life, but didn't even realize inside of us we were asking God to help us to become business owners and do for self. Give us this day our. Now, I don't know how it is in Arizona, but where I'm from, there's a whole lot of synonyms for money. Chips. Bank. The bag. Cheese. Guac. Cheddar. Grip. Is bread one of them? So give us this day our. So if bread is money. See, that means if you're getting daily bread, you can't be working on a white man's job because a white man give you weekly or bi-weekly bread. The only way you can get some daily bread is if you're in business for yourself. I'm saying black man and black woman. Find six or eight people that have the same idea you have to start a business like the one you want to start and y'all start putting your money to the side. Researching, putting money up, researching, putting money up. And when you get to a year or two down the road, bring the money together and your ideas together and go out and make it happen. Do not sit around and wait for you to have enough money in your own pocket and enough knowledge in your own head to start your business. Most of the time we have had an idea for 10 or 20 years. But because we kept it to ourselves and tried to be independent with no help, no brothers and sisters, no unity. We end up 10 years later having 100% of nothing. But if you had just found a few other brothers and sisters that had the same goal you had, and you all saved your time, talent, treasure, mind, money, and muscle, put it all together, you will be 10 years now with at least 15% of something. I don't know about you, but 15% of something sounds much better than 10% of nothing or 100% of nothing. What about you? So the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said in message to the black man that there's a formula for how we can pull our resources to do for self. He said, number one, this economic blueprint is we must first recognize the necessity for unity and group operation. We can't do it all by ourselves. Number two, he said, pull your resources physically as well as financially. Don't look for an investor 
to put the money up and then you do all the work. Look for somebody that you're going to be able to put money with and your muscle with. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be a conflict. If somebody's just putting money in and not putting no work in, the one that's working hard is going to feel like you shouldn't be getting what you're getting. And the one that's put the money in is going to be mad when it don't move as fast because he don't feel like you're doing as much as you should be doing. But when you got three, four, five, six, eight people and everybody put their mind, money, and muscle together, now you got real unity. Number three, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, stop wanting criticism of everything that is black owned and black operated. We hard on each other, but we're merciful on our enemies. Every year there's a news story where somebody wants some of these pizza drivers to put some extra sauce on the pizza. And I ain't talking about tomato sauce. And you say, ugh, nasty. I ain't never ordered, I ain't never ordered from them again. Two weeks later, you want trying to get you a meat lovers. Maybe that's why it's called dominoes. Because you're gambling when you eat it. I don't know. You go to a white restaurant, you watch all the white people around you, they done went through the appetizer main course eating your dessert, you just now got your water and lemons. Is that right? Treats you bad, portions don't look the same as the white person across the room, and you keep on going back. But we go to a black-owned restaurant, let them show us one hush puppy. See, that's why I don't like doing business with no niggas. Niggas always playing games, man. Look at this. And not only do we condemn it, but we stop going and tell everybody about it. Stop wanting criticism of everything that is black owned and operated. Don't you know, sisters and brothers, that if you are going to start a black business, you are going to be able to generate the energy for support for yours by the way you support others? We have to learn to shop with our brother before we shop with another. And if we did that, we'd be able to keep our businesses alive. Number four, he says, keep in mind, jealousy destroys from within. Soon as we see somebody successful, it's all, well, yeah, they're doing so forth and so forth, but. Yeah, they're doing so forth and so forth, but. And but erases everything you just said. Keep in mind, jealousy destroys from within. Y'all right? Yes, sir. And last but not least, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, observe the operations of the white man. He is successful. He makes no excuses for his failures. He works hard in a collective manner. You do the same. So, so, Brother Halim, before I close out, I got to put a disclaimer. I did not say quit your job. I did not say that. But you should be stealing away from the job. See, the way to, see, dissatisfaction brings about a change. You'll be dissatisfied as long as you call it what it is. The plantation. The devil's job. Something about a man having to tell his children, daddy will be back, he, he, he has to go to the plantation for eight hours. 
Mama be back after she gets off of the devil's job. At a certain point, it's going to bother you to keep on telling your children, I'm going to a devil's job and I'm going to a plantation. You're going to want to be able to say that you're doing for self. Dissatisfaction brings about a change, but you got to steal away. You have to do what you have to do to take care of your family. But do what you want to do part time. And keep doing what you want to do part time until what you're doing part time that you really want to do is earning enough that it can replace your full time. And then you get away from the full time working for your enemy and go full time working for yourself. Y'all got that? Last but not least. Do not try to go into business for yourself to do less work. It is harder doing for yourself than it is working for the white man. See, if you're not prepared to hustle 24-7, then you need to stay on your 9 to 5. But the minute you quit that 9 to 5, you've got to have the mindset that I'm willing to hustle 24-7 to make it happen. Does that make sense? Some of the sayings that I have that help keep me motivated to keep me on the battlefield of doing for self, I always remind my, my, myself that, that it's better to be tired with some money in your pocket than well-rested and broke. What do y'all think of that? How about this one? If you woke up broke, you had no business going to sleep. See, these are things that check you. These are self-checking mechanisms. You cannot have a million dollar dream with a minimum wage work ethic. That keeps you in check. Y'all right? And I'm saying if we bring that kind of mindset, find six or eight with like minds, pull our resources, Steal away. It won't be long we'll become the God of self. A couple months later, we'll be the God of the house. A couple weeks after that, we might be the God of the neighborhood. Next thing you know, a year later, God of the city. God of the state. God of the country. God of a continent. God of the planet. And then we'll be fully developed and be able to say, I am now the God of the universe. Thank you for listening. I greet you in peace. Assalamu alaikum. All praise is due to Allah. Thank you so much, sisters and brothers. All praise is due to Allah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Takbir. 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 And for the guests, takbir does not mean blow up a bus. It means glorify God. And what you heard us say when we said Allah walk by, we're saying God is the greatest.